Welcome everybody to this episode of Fight Talk with Alm. Got a big episode this week. Obviously, my boy Habib won in dominant fashion last Saturday. Bobby Knuckles won against Jared Cannonier. A lot of type, title implications in that fight. But then we also got one of my favorite fighters of all time, Anderson Silva, fighting in hopefully his last fight against Uriah Hall this weekend. We got a big boxing match uh, this Saturday with Javante Davis and Leo Santa Cruz. Javante Davis' biggest test and first pay-per-view fight. Uh, I'm also going to talk about the GOAT argument uh, because that's being swirled around a lot lately since Habib's last win. Habib obviously retired. He's done. So people are saying, who's better, Habib or John? John's throwing a fit on Twitter, as usual. We'll cover that. We'll cover some announcements, too, like Leon Edwards and Hazma Chmaev, Marlon Vera, and Jose Aldo. we got a pretty fun show for you guys to, today, so stay tuned and watch. All right, let's cover the pay-per-view from last weekend first. All right, I'll just jump right into it. Habib versus Justin. Okay, obviously I told you guys last week Habib's my favorite fighter ever. So I was going to be biased and I was going to pick him. I picked Habib submission by third round. He won by submission the second round, so pretty close. Um, what surprised me in this fight was that Habib was so good on the feet. Like, Justin had absolutely no answers for Habib's pressure. He, th he landed some shots and he got him with some leg kicks, which I was kind of worried about, but Habib's pressure and his boxing is way better than people give it credit for. They always say Habib is a good wrestler and his pressure wrestling is so good, but they never give him credit for his stand-up. They never give him credit for the pressure that he applies on his stand-up. By, by like three minutes, Justin was tired running around the cage and you could tell Justin was not scared, but he was too reactive. He was too worried about the takedown because he knew that he couldn't defend it. You know, he can say on all the videos, I have great wrestling credentials. I've been wrestling for as long as him. But he knew that he had no answer for that grappling. And it was very apparent. Um, looking at the fight, it, it was just complete domination by Habib on the stand-up and obviously on the, feet, on, on the ground. The biggest... Oh, sorry. So the biggest uh, thing that was kind of cool is that Habib, when he gets you on the ground, he usually controls you for a while. He doesn't go for the submission right away. But he knew that Justin is not a big jiu-jitsu guy, and that got exposed a lot last Saturday. His jiu-jitsu is terrible. He has no no defense with jiu-jitsu. He doesn't train it, I don't think. Or maybe he trains it, but he doesn't. He's like a blue belt in jiu-jitsu, probably. Um, and at that level, against Habib, was like a black belt. It's just not going to work. So as soon as he got him on the ground the first round, there was like 10 seconds left. He almost got him in an arm bar. He survived that round. And second round, Habib did more of the same. But then Justin's leg kicks started to do a little more damage. So Habib went for that takedown right away. Uh, grabbed, that, grabbed that waist uh, with a gable grip. Got him down with a double leg. And then immediately went to mount. Justin had no defense of anything off of his back. And that's jujitsu stuff. That's not because with takedowns, like Justin's good with like sprawling and then the clinch, like defending trips and take actual takedowns. But when it comes to like jujitsu defense on the ground, like bottom, his bottom game is horrendous. He, Habib, Habib took him on, took the mount easily every single time, and he took the mount, and people did not know that he was going to go for the triangle. They were thinking, okay, he's going to go for the armbar, but he pinned his left, he pinned his left arm down, went for that triangle. Got back, got back on his uh, on his back, and then locked it in. And just Jason Herzog does not see the tap out, 
he got choked out, and then that's a win for Habib. And then Habib, very emotional after that fight, in the post-fight interview, said that's it. His mom didn't want him to fight this fight even, but he had to for his legacy and to, de to defend that belt. And, you know, some Habib fans would say, I'm sad that he's reti retired because I want to see more of him. I want to see him beat the whole division, you know. So he's un undoubtedly the best fighter ever. But honestly, I'm happy. I understand how much his dad meant to him as a trainer. So I can I can understand why he uh, is deciding not to continue. This is probably the hardest fight for him mentally he's ever had. And you could tell. He, Habib is not an emotional guy at all. But after that fight, he had to let all that shit out. And some people might say, oh, it's a spread of the moment. He's not going to really retire. But Habib Nurmagomedov is a man of his fucking word. If he says he's retired, I believe him. I don't think he needs to really prove anything to anybody. What is he going to do, come back and fight the winner of Connor and Dustin, who he's already choked out, like he said? Is he going to fight a four-year-old GSP? I mean, I don't think GSP wants that smoke, to be honest. GSP's a smart guy. He doesn't want that smoke, to be honest. Um, Who else is going to fight? Go up and wait, I mean, I guess. But I'm, I'm happy. I'm just happy that he's never lost, and nobody can ever take that away from him. And this man has only lost one round in his entire career. But we're going to cover that stuff when we talk about the God argument, so I don't, I don't want to get too far into that. But what I want to talk about, too, is the fact that two of the three judges <clears throat> gave the first round to Justin Gaethje. Those judges should be fired immediately, and I, and I know one of them. Saul D'Amato is a terrible judge. He is known as a terrible, terrible judge, but they keep him around. The other guy, Ben Cart Cartledge, terrible judge. Derek clearly is the only good one. He's the only one that gave Habib that first round. Based off of Habib's pressure, his takedown, his submission attempt, he landed more strikes in the first round. Justin did not win any part of that round except for the leg kicks. But you cannot, you cannot say the leg kicks are more important than that pressure, the better boxing, and the better wrestling. And, and controlling the first round, I mean, come on, bro. You're going to give Justin the first round? Are you kidding me? It's crazy, man. These judges need to be held more accountable. We can talk about that all day, but I think a good idea would be for these judges to put up scorecards every single round so we know who they think is winning the fight and so the fighters can know. I don't know why it has to be this up-in-the-air thing, like maybe he won that round, maybe he doesn't. Like You should know which round you won. I, I, I would like that. I would like that in boxing and MMA. Hold the judges accountable. They're like these... Uh, these like these ghosts, like these invisible faces that we never know. Why don't they talk about the decisions they made? It's every single week I feel like I, I'm, ta I'm talking about a judge that messed up a scorecard that I could have scored easily, but I don't know. That's weird. So technically he did lose two rounds, but I'm not gonna count that shit. The only only round Habib has lost is against Connor in the third round, against the best striker in the UFC, pretty much. But yeah. Great win for Habib. I was so happy. Just a weight off my shoulder. I was worried about that all week. I couldn't fucking sleep. But got that fight out of the way. So that was dope. And then you got Robert Whitaker against Jared Cannonier, which was... Uh, it was alright. I thought Jared Cannonier would do be a little more active. I thought his leg kicks right away were pretty good. Uh, he didn't throw anything boxing related except for that jab that uh, wobbled Whitaker a little bit in the third round. 3-0 uh, for Whitaker. He was just faster. He was a better striker than Cannoneer. Which I which I, I picked Cannoneer because I thought he'd be a little more active and would ha have some more boxing and maybe the leg kicks would get to Whitaker, but I guess not. Whitaker is very, very good at disguising kicks, and I always knew that. 
but it was more apparent to everybody this fight. The shot that he landed on them in the third round that knocked him, that almost knocked him out, would have knocked out like 90% of the guys in the UFC. But I don't know. That fight was a little underwhelming. I thought it'd be a little better, but it was it was a cool fight. I mean, I still don't think the Whitaker can beat Israel, but you gotta give him that fight. He technically beat Darren Till. I don't think he did, but he beat Jared Cannonier, who's the number one contender. So uh, you gotta you gotta run that back probably. Probably run it back in like what March, Aprilish. Um, Israel doesn't have, really have anybody apparent that he should fight right now, so why not just beat Robert Whitaker again, you know, just kind of seal that deal. I know, I know I already knocked him out like twice, knocked him out the first round and the second round, but the guy came back, won two fights in a row, tough fights, uh, the first fight was, so I, I just, I would give, I would give him the championship fight, I don't know who else he's going to fight, he's the number one contender, and there's nobody else in the middleweight division looming to get that shot, so you gotta give it to Robert Whitaker. Um, Volkov versus Walt Harris. Walt Harris is just, he's just too big. Not a good enough wrestler to get Volkov down. Volkov just kind of picked him apart. That was a pretty easy fight for him. But yeah, that's kind of all that fight. Um, the pay-per-view buys were not that good. It was like 675,000. And I, I think I know why. So when I was in Bosnia, I didn't have to pay for any of the cards. They were on a channel called Fight Channel with Bosnian commentary. Although I would love to hear Joe Rogan, I'll take that over paying 60 bucks. <laughs> like, if it's available on TV, why not watch it, you know? So that's kind of how it is for all of Europe and all of Asia, I assume. It, like, on the, in Russia, I'm pretty sure it's on a channel. You can just watch Habib. You don't have to pay for it. Because pay-per-view isn't really a big thing in other countries. And ESPN is only a thing really in U.S. and like kind of Canada, not even really, not even Canada really, mostly U.S. So to expect foreign countries to get ESPN Plus and then get the pay-per-view is, is just not going to happen. They're going to just watch it free, and that's kind of why the pay-per-view numbers were so low. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the reason why. But I mean, I'm glad that it was during the day. I mean, you give the European fans one card a year like that, why not? You know, it doesn't hurt. So there's that, covered that fight card, and now we got Anderson Silva versus Uriah Hall. Anderson Silva, hopefully his last fight, his last fight should have been like six, seven years ago, but he's doing the damn thing for some reason. I don't know what he's fighting for, maybe he's fucking bored, but who knows? I don't know. I've always liked Anderson Silva. He's been, he was my favorite fighter as a kid, he was my first favorite fighter. He got me into the sport in many ways. And he's one of like he was kind of like a superhero to watch when you're a little kid, just watching him front kick Vitor Belfort and beat up for Forrest Griffin, who's a former champion. He's a really fun fighter to watch, and he's kind of fighting the guy that everybody thought he that he would be, or the guy that yeah that would be the next Anderson Silva. So Uriah Hall, he was an Ultimate Fighter with John Jones and Chael Sonnen that season, and he landed this crazy roundhouse knock knockout, and he's known as a good kicker. And people just kind of thought he was going to be the next big thing. He was going to be the next Anderson Silva. But that didn't really pan out too well. Uriah Hall does very good in some fights, but then he also does very bad. He's just kind of, he's tough to, it's tough for him to beat those upper echelon, upper, upper level guys. But it's good, for, it's easy for him to beat the lower tier guys. So he's kind of like a gatekeeper in many ways. But... Uh, my mind is telling me Uriah Hall is going to probably win this fight because he's a 
quicker version. And Anderson Silva, he's only getting older and only getting slower. But I don't know, man. This is this is honestly a biased prediction. But I think, fuck. I think Anderson is a better grappler, for sure. Um, Anderson's much more experienced, and I also think that a big thing in this fight for Uriah Hall is that Uriah Hall respects Anderson Silva more than anything, more than any other fighter. So I feel like you could see a thing kind of like an Israel Adesanya versus Anderson Silva where he gives him almost too much respect to where it becomes a close fight only for the only for the reason that you're respecting him so much. And Anderson Silva, he... He he's old, but he he still's got he's got some kick to him, you know. He's fighting these top level guys, and yeah, he's losing as he should. But it's not like he's not giving a fight in some of these fights, you know. Like against Derek Brunson, arguably won that fight. I don't think he that I, I don't think he did. I mean Nick Nick Diaz, that was a while ago. I'm really reaching right now, but I don't know. I just for I think it's his last fight, Anderson Silva. He's gonna be motivated. Hall might not be there mentally. I think. It'll be a. I hope it's gonna be an entertaining fight, but I think the experience in striking and the mentality of Hall is what's gonna lose Hall this fight. I think I would say Silva by decision, but if I'm wrong on this one, I'm not gonna be surprised. I don't think anybody's gonna get knocked out this fight. To be honest, Silva's got a good chin on him. He hasn't been knocked out since I think Chris Weidman. I mean, he had like a TKO injury or whatever, but. You know, Silva's had some good fights with people. He's not—he's uh, obviously not what he used to be, but I'm still gonna fucking pick him, man. I don't want to be—I don't want to not pick against Silva. This is a completely biased pick, and I shouldn't be doing this as, a, as an analyst of the sport. But you gotta be biased sometimes. I was biased with Habib. Obviously, I had reasons for him winning, but I just think Anderson can get it done. You know, he matches up pretty well against Uriah Hall, and I think the Uriah Hall is gonna not be quick to pull the trigger. And then you got probably the fight of the night, Bryce Mitchell against Andre Feely. Bryce Mitchell's getting a lot of hype. He's uh because he got the twi the twister submission, which is one of the only two twister submissions in the UFC. He's a crazy grappler. A lot of people say, ah, oh, it's so boring when he gets to the ground. It's definitely not boring when Bryce Mitchell's on the ground because he's always going for shit. And it's really these it's these cool, intricate submissions. And he almost uses the twister submission to get into other positions, and it's fucking awesome to watch. His fight against Charles Rosa was so cool to watch. So I, I, I like Bryce Mitchell. He's an up-and-coming guy in the featherweight division. Uh, Andre Feely, I could see Andre Feely... Possibly defending some takedowns and keeping it a stand-up fight, and I don't know how good of a stand-up fighter Bryce Mitchell is. So, but but it's interesting because Andre Feely, if he was like a great, uh, a great sprawling brawl guy, like if he was a good striker and a really good takedown, like a takedown defender, I would definitely pick him. But I just don't think that Andre Feely's striking is that crazy good. And I think Bryce Mitchell, he brings a new type of style to the UFC. And I think his takedowns are very effective. I mean, if he can get Charles Rosa down, who's a black belt in jiu-jitsu constantly, I don't see why he couldn't take Andre Feely down. It's not like Andre Feely is a Division One champion. Like, he's he's a college wrestler, or a college-level wrestler. But I think Mitchell can get in the clinch, get some trips at least, and take him to the ground and submit him in the second round. That's my prediction. And then you got Greg Hardy... 
against Mar Maurice Green. Greg Hardy's changed a lot as a fighter. Right away, he was just kind of this knockout guy. He tries to knock you out as quickly as he can. But then he got tired in some of his fights, and he's become more of a mar martial artist. That kind of happens with athletes. Right away, they try to knock everybody's teeth out, but then they figure out they get tired, so they become a little more strategic. And although Greg Hardy's fights have become more boring and more boring as, as it goes, he didn't look terrible against Volkov, so I see no reason why he couldn't keep this fight standing, not get knocked out by Maurice Green, get Maurice Green tired, and probably win by a boring decision. Alrighty, then you got the big boxing fight, which I'm honestly way more excited for than the Sylvan Hall fight. So Gervonta Davis is seen as Floyd Mayweather's protege. He's seen as this this next money guy. The <clears throat> he's gonna be under Mayweather promotions and he's gonna follow in Floyd's footsteps. So he's like 23 and 0 with like 22 knockouts. Could be wrong on those numbers, but I'm pretty sure I'm around the ballpark there. He's a very fierce striker and a a good boxer, but mostly known as a power guy and an athlete, a, a very good athlete and a very strong hands for his division. And he's also bigger than Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz is coming up in weight. But the biggest thing with Davis is we've never seen him really go 12 rounds and someone test him. He hasn't fought anybody that's like crazy good. Uh, and Santa Cruz has. You know, Santa Cruz is a very, very like experienced veteran. And Santa Cruz brings that Mexican style. He's like the most fun me Mexican fundamental boxer you can find. He goes forward, has very good fundamentals, doesn't have knockout power necessarily, or at all, but he's always in third gear. He's never, like, going for the knockout or whatever, but he's, all, he's always on you. He's kind of like a Tony Ferguson, but not as much, uh, not as unorthodox or, and not as much knockout power. But he's always moving forward, and he's always bringing the fight to you, and he has very good fundamental skills, and he's a very good boxer. So, I think... Where, where Davis lacks is his mental capacity and maybe his cardio. They always, a lot of people say that Davis is not the most disciplined person in training. I don't know if that's true. We're going to find out this Saturday, obviously, because Santa Cruz is a tough test for him. But it's an interesting fight because you're kind of, Javante Davis is such a big favorite. In some of, on some of the odds, it's like he's a minus 700 favorite. But... That's crazy to me, cause like, although he's bigger than Santa Cruz and he should beat him and possibly knock him out, I if I was a betting man, I would bet for Santa Cruz to win, because you don't have much to lose, and if Santa Cruz wins, which would not surprise me in the slightest, you get a lot of fucking money, seven hundred a, a seven hundred plus underdog. That's ridiculous. I think he should be like a three hundred. Three, like minus 300 uh, fucking favorite or whatever because he is bigger he is younger up-and-coming athlete he should be able to uh, push Santa Cruz back but there is a possibility that Gervonta Davis gets tired and loses the later parts of the round or of the fight but I don't know I would I would say Santa Cruz decision but I wouldn't be surprised. I think this is a, a pick-em fight. Gervonta Davis needs to win this. He's a, he has a lot riding on the line because this is his first pay-per-view fight. Um, and all eyes are on him, kind of, to like f follow in Floyd's footsteps. 
but I think he's way too much of a favorite for me to bet on him. Um, so I, I would say Santa Cruz. But I don't know. As, as, I, as I'm thinking about it, Davis is much bigger than him. Santa Cruz is going up in weight. So Davis should be able to just humble him with the jab and keep him back for the majority of the fight if he gets his cardio up. But I just don't know if Davis has good enough cardio and how he how he responds to just someone that's moving forward on him constantly. So you know what, bro? I'm going to go with Santa Cruz's decision. That's what I'm going with. Okay, and now for some important topics. The GOAT argument, my top five fighters of all time. First of all, I'm just going to say him, and then I'm going to argue the top two, because that's the most important part. Number five, Henry Cejudo. 125 champion, beat Demetrius Johnson, who's one, of, who's one of the best fighters of all time. In a close decision, but he beat him. Went up to 135, or stayed at 125, fought TJ Dillashaw, who was on, uh, what the fuck is it called? EPOs or something? Yeah. The shit that Lance Armstrong took. He was on the roids. And he beat him in 30 seconds. Then he went up to 135. Beat Marlon Marais, who was known as a very tough guy. And kind of ruined Marlon Marais' career in a little bit. Kind of found out some holes about Marlon Marais that he's mentally weak. And then he beat Dominic Cruz, who's one of my favorite fighters. Obviously, Dominic Cruz not in his prime. But he still knocked him out. First got to knock out Dominic Cruz. Early stoppage, but respect. That that knee was fucking fire. That was a good knee. Um, number four, GSP. I mean, GSP, only two losses avenged both of them tremendously. Always, always a very good wrestler, good boxer, a true martial artist. Mixed all of the art, all of the arts into his fights and held the belt for a while. Big box box office star. GSP number four. Number three, Anderson Silva. Um, probably the best striker I've ever seen in UFC history. Things he did to people was fucking amazing. How many times he defended his belt. The comeback from Chael Sonnen. The front kick from Vitor Belfort. Yes, he did have some boring fights. But he also had some of the most entertaining fights you'll ever find in the UFC. Number two, John Jones. Yep, there it is. John Jones, number two. He's always my number one because of his consistency and his opposition and how talented he was. But number one goes to the best person I've ever seen in MMA history, Habib Nurmagomedov. And I know what, you, what everyone's going to say. Habib fan, of course, you're going to put him on number one. But listen to me. 29-0. and 13-0 in the UFC. Second best streak of being undefeated in UFC history. Second to Anderson Silva, I think. Only lost one fucking round. Out of the 38 rounds, I think, that he fought, he only lost one round. John Jones has had plenty of close fights. He's had a close fight with Tago Santos. Dominic Reyes. <coughs> fucking Alexander Gustafsson. He's had close fights. Now, obviously, John Jones has won these fights. I think he's won all of his fights. But when I look, when I when I think about the greatest of all time, I'm thinking about disregard all. I can't disregard weight classes actually, and I'm not even talking about 
John Jones PED. Some people put don't put John Jones in their top five because if you got you got caught with steroids, and I I, I disagree. I think that I, I'm sure that he fought guys that were on steroids too, and I'm not saying that it's good on John's record that he did steroids, but I just think when I look at Habib and I look at the, the way he beats people and the fact that he's never bled in the octagon, he's never committed a foul in the octagon, he's never been taken down, he's never been uh, dropped, he's never been in a bad position with a submission really, he's been hit good a couple times. I mean, I've never seen... I don't understand how you can look at his fights, see his domination, and not put him as the best fighter to ever step foot in the octagon. I mean, you're talking about Justin Gaethje, who was a top 10 fighter, pound for pound, who just beat the shit out of Tony Ferguson, and he made him look like an amateur out there. You're talking about Conor McGregor, the biggest star in UFC history. Top top five at the time. He was a champ champ last time he fought. Came in, beat the shit out of him. Four round, submit, submitted him. Submitted Justin Gaethje. D Dustin Poirier who's a top 5 fighter in the UFC right now probably, at least top 15, didn't do shit against Habib. I mean, it, it's very difficult for me to... I understand, listen, listen, I understand. Resume-wise, John Jones is the best. We have not seen Habib defend his belt as much as John Jones, and d title defenses mean a lot to me. But, if you if you think about it this way, and this is a big hypothetical, but... So Habib went through a, a, a era of his career where he got injured a lot. There was like two years where he was just injured. He didn't fight at all, but he was at the top of the uh, top of the division. It was when Anthony Pettis was the champion. So this was after he beat RDA. After he beat RDA, he kept getting injured. And RDA rolls through the ranks. After he lost to Habib, RDA won two more, two three more fights, and then he won the championship. Um, I would like somebody to argue with me. That if Habib didn't get injured after that RDA fight, got that fight against Anthony Pettis, he would beat the fuck out of Anthony Pettis. He would beat up Anthony Pettis. He would beat up Benson Henderson. He beat up Gilbert Melendez, Donald Cerrone. Uh, anybody they would throw his way. All of those older, lightweight guys that fought in the Pettis era, he would beat all of them easily. And that's what, like, f five, six more defenses on top of his, like, what, three? So that's, like, nine. And this is obviously hypothetical, but this man has given, has not been in any trouble. Like, John has been in trouble. John has been, he's been losing rounds. Uh, he's been fucked up after fights against the Gustafsson fight. He had to go to the hospital. Uh, Dominic Reyes gave him a lot of trouble. Um, Habib has never, never been not able to, take people down other than Gleason Tebow who was on every single uh, Gleason Tebow was on rocket fuel on that fight he weighed 210 pounds probably for god's sakes and he couldn't get him down but he still won off of his stand-up I just think when I think of the best fighters in the world if you tell me a guy is 29 and 0 never committed a foul never got taken down never got knocked down and won every single round except for one round where he stood up with the best striker in the world and it was a close round. I don't know how you can tell me he's not the best fighter you've ever seen in your life. Now, John Jones, resume-wise, what does he have, like 14 championship defenses or something? Res okay, I have always loved John Jones. And 
and and I fucking he's he's still like I will always say he's one of the best fighters of all time. He's always I've always said he's the best fighter of all time. But what I've seen from Habib these past two years, bro, and when I look back, and obviously being Habib a Habib fan, I just I just cannot say that he he's better than John Jones. And and also the PD thing does take into account a little bit because Habib has never been caught for anything, never been flagged for shit, clean his whole life. He's Habib has had the perfect MMA career. John has not. John has won. Uh, more championship fights, but just because you win more championship fights does not mean that you're a better fighter than somebody. Because Habib is a better fighter than Anderson Silva, he's a better fighter than GSP. I think Demetrius Johnson defended his belt a lot of times, but you're not going to tell me he's better than Habib. Stipe Miocic has defended his belt just as much as Habib. Habib is much better than him. With this, with with this one, it's not just about title defensive for me. Habib, I'll just say it right now. My argument is I've never seen anybody better than him at MMA. And I've seen a lot of fucking fights. I've seen all of John Jones' fights, all of Anderson Silva, all of GSP, all of Henry Cejudo. All of these guys, fade or whatever. I've never seen anybody do what Habib has done. And I don't think... And if he stayed, if he stayed, if he decided to take on five, six more guys, I'm just being, I'm being biased, but I think he'd shit on all of them. I think he would do the same exact thing. And he's only getting better. And the beautiful thing is that he's stopping in his prime. It's like Jordan retiring. Is he going to come back? Probably not. But what I've seen from him is enough for me to say that he's the best fighter I've ever seen. So that's my two cents. You can disagree or agree, but that's what I think about the situation. And I don't know why John Jones is being so active on Twitter. It's like he doesn't under Like, why? how can he not understand that someone would think that Habib is a better fighter than him? But I don't know. That's just my two cents. And obviously... John Jones is a competitive dude, so he's not going to say anybody's better than him, but let's not act like you don't know why people are saying Habib is better than you. Let's, let's not act like that. So, Alrighty, next topic. Fight announcements. So, Leon Edwards decided to finally become a UFC fighter once again and accept a fight. Uh, uh, Leon Edwards has, must have had the, be the worst year of anybody, uh, the, of any UFC fighter this year. Um rejecting every fight possible. I mean, holy shit. He rejected Usman. He rejected Colby. He rejected Wonderboy. He rejected everybody. Chimaev. Um, I don't know, man. Leon Edwards is just... I don't, I don't know if he's a dumb guy. Like, I don't know why he thinks he can pick and choose opponents after beating RDA in a decision. Uh, I used to like Leon Edwards, but this he kind of shot himself in the foot this year. And now he's fighting an unranked opponent where he has nothing to win and everything to lose <laughs> like bro they he was number three he was number three in the rankings they took him out of the rankings he's like hey chamayev won a fight and they put him back in the ra rankings and made that fight <laughs> like the ufc honey dicked him so hard bro it's it's actually hilarious but uh yeah i'm actually excited for this fight because chamayev since habib is gone chamayev is actually probably my favorite fighter right now uh, staying with those Dagestani boys, always will. Islam Makachev, I know you're fighting soon. I'm gonna watch that fight as well. Rooting for you. Um, this is a very interesting fight, and this is not an easy fight for Chimaev because Edwards, although Chimaev knocked out Gerald Mershart, I would say that Edwards is a better striker than Chimaev. Although Chimaev might have more power, 
I think Edwards is a better boxer. Um, but obviously, Chimaev is a better wrestler. But at the same time, Edwards is good at takedown defense and a pretty good wrestler in his own right. But I just I can't wait for this fight, man. I wish it, I wish it was sooner, but it's in it's on December nineteenth, I believe. I will definitely be thinking about that fight and giving you guys a good preview. I don't want to say too much, but just looking at it objectively, if if the fight stays standing, it's Edwards to win. If it goes on the ground, it's Chimaev to win. And then you got Marlon Vera versus Jose Aldo. Three round fight. I think that's in November. Maybe it's in December. I don't know. But Marlon Vera got a big up in competition. I'm very happy for him. He called him out. So that's a cool fight. Uh, both South American or uh, whatever. Is, yeah, I think uh, yeah, South American guys fighting. Uh, good strikers. Guys that just bring the fight. I've always been a Marlon Vera fan. Always been a Jose Aldo fan. So that's going to be a cool fight. That's a three-rounder as well. Rob Font versus Marlon Marais. I've been singing Rob Font's praises for years, ever since I was a senior in high school, when I saw him fight Thomas Almeida, I'm like, damn, this guy's a good-ass fucking boxer. And I think the the Marlon Marais fight is a good fight for him. Uh, obviously, it's a three-round fight, so that does not work in his favor at all. But uh, I'm going to be rooting for Rob Fun in that one. I hope that he can beat Marlon Marais and propel himself into the top of the division because I think he's earned a, a spot in it with his boxing. So... I'm really excited for him. I, I, I'm a big fan of Rob Font. And I think I covered pretty much everything I wanted to. Um, yeah. Thank you guys for tuning into the show. Halloween weekend has got a lot of good fights lined up for you guys. So stay safe and watch some good fights this weekend. Peace.